everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from blustery Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we're going to be talking about sort of religion in schools and religious classes taught immediately adjacent to schools. Ways and ways of getting around. Like, apparently, you're not supposed to teach God in public school. Right. But don't worry, kids. There's ways around it. <laughs> oh, so many clever, clever little ways. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that'll be coming up on the second half of the show. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Dan, yeah. I have the story. Sad story. Oh, no. I hate to start the show off. Oh, you guys. It's such a sad story. Just turn the show I mean, off. <laughs> you don't need this. <laughs> it is sad because someone has passed away. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to make too much fun of or too, too light have too light of a time with that. Dude, like, but, that's, uh, that's so funny because literally everybody passes away. Eventually. So I, I feel like we can make some light of it. Okay. Well, with that in mind, <sighs> a former star of Touched by an Angel. Oh, dear. Della Reese. Oh, Della. Has passed away. Oh, Della. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched Touched by an Angel, uh, but uh, Roma Downey. Her good friend mm-hmm. tweeted, heaven has a brand new angel. Uh, of course she today. Does. She's been saving that one, <laughs> waiting for that heart attack to sitting. happen. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to tweet. Second Della goes. <laughs> Touched by an angel, the, the, the show of, uh, what was it? Heavenly uh, intercession. Yeah. Right? Like. Like people would be praying, they'd have their their crisis of faith, or they'd have their problem with drugs. Right, and, right. Somebody in the there were the bad guys in right. the town, and you had these angels who were like in the mix, but they people didn't know they were angels. And then all of a sudden, blammo, the angel light would right. turn on over their head. <laughs> right, and they'd be like, they'd be like, Jonathan, you are a child. of God. It was basically quantum Get leap only with drugs. Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't quantum. It was quantum this... leap was leap was so much better. Well, it didn't. It didn't miles go through different parts of history. Here's the here's that. the thing. Uh, our listeners may not know that touched by an angel holds significance, uh, particular significance for those of us here in the fine state of Utah because right. this is where it was shot. Yeah, that's true. And I'm convinced that I am the only actor in Utah <laughs> who was never cast on Touched by an Angel. And I think that happened because the first time I auditioned for it, I was auditioning for the role of a skinhead. And I was yeah. getting myself really into oh, it. I yeah. was like, yeah. like working myself. Like it was an angry scene. I was yeah. threatening someone's life. And just sort of in the moment, I dropped an F-bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't like that fuck word very much. No, no, so, not over it. Touched by an angel. I, I got in trouble. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who actually worked on camera crew. Oh, sure. Uh, from time to time at uh, Touched by an Angel. And uh, he, he just called the show Touched by a Paycheck. Yes, indeed. Because <laughs> the touched there was really... The touched by a blank jokes yeah. were were were, was, were frequent. It was uh, It was remarkable because it was regular work. Mm-hmm. For for the film people in town, yeah, uh, and that show ran for a long, long time. Yes, indeed. Took the murder she wrote time slot, right? <laughs> Did it? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was something like that. Anyway, uh, you may not know a lot about Della Reese. Uh, she was also a minister. Ooh, concurrent to being a star, right? 
uh, of of the small screen. She was also leading a congregation in L.A. uh, called Understanding Principles for Better Living. That is a bad name for a church. Yeah, it was kind of Della. You need to you need to you need to tighten it. (laughs) You need to make it catchy. Uh, It was biblical based, Bible based. Uh, well, one would hope so, but uh, also was fo- focused on like metaphysics and positivity and lardy darty darty dar. Yeah, uh, well, it was Los Angeles after all. <laughs> if you don't have some, should quite the following positive me- metaphysical aspect to it, you can't even start a coffee shop. People, people loved her. She also accurate, accurately uh, predicted how many seasons the show would run for. Oh. So it was a little bit of a prophetess which, mixed in there. Which was how many? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, as the star and probably executive producer of the show, <laughs> she probably could have just said, yeah. it, you know, if you keep it low enough, you can just say, oh, we're stopping now because yeah. of my prediction. Yeah. She uh, she had a long career in television back in the 70s. She was uh, she played a landlady on uh, Chico and the Man. <laughs> it's a great role. Uh, she... Uh, she was the wife of a mailman portrayed by Red Fox oh. in the 1990s series, The Royal Family. Oh, oh, that the good Red Fox <laughs> show. Everybody, wa- everybody watched that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she really uh, credited herself with bringing God into primetime television. Uh, and uh, yeah. she was, she was like proud m- of the fact that... I feel like Michael Landon had her beat. Yeah, but... She, her show demonstrated that, this was according to her, that greed, drugs, and technology... We're not the solutions to life. <laughs> because so many people are proponents of that theory. Drugs, greed, and technology. That's, That's what I promote in Those my are life. the solutions to all of life. So far, it's not going too bad, Dan. I'm like, you know, the technology's not working right now. I'm turning to greed. That's, <laughs> that, that'll be my next. If not that, drugs will certainly Ooh, help. Indeed. All right. Well, on a, on a, on a more serious note... Then, then someone's death. Someone's death, because everybody right. dies. That's boring. Uh, well, I've got more death, but oh, no. not of oh. but not of people, rather of institutions. Okay. Uh, apparently, there is a there there is a large number of uh, small religious colleges in these United States. Okay. Uh, and they are dying. <sighs> No. They're not doing so hot. Oh. Oh, what do they need? They need some they need some some TLC. I feel oh. like they need to just die is what they need. Uh they uh several institutions uh, including uh St. Gregory's University out in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Ah, Shawnee, yeah. Uh 550 students at St. Gregory's uh a little Catholic liberal arts college, so they say. Huh. But apparently they're not doing so well. Uh, they're not attracting the students. The, and the ways that they can attract the students uh, aren't great for them. Like they'll give tuition discounts and stuff. And oh. then eventually, you know. You drain the coffers. You don't have any monies. Yeah. And uh, there's not a lot of, uh, you'd think that there would be a lot of, like, donation capital out there for, for religious institutions. Because people love to give to religions. But yeah. no, indeed, Grace University in Omaha is is dying. Marygrove College in Detroit going right. away. Catholic affiliated St. Joseph's College in Indiana. 
lots of lots of uh, small religious colleges struggling. Well, I, two problems probably that I see. Okay. Uh, they probably have a lack of wealthy alumni. E- right. Maybe. Yeah. Right? There's a good chance. And also uh, football. Well, they need they need some uh, they need some college sports. Notre Dame's in no danger, <laughs> right? Exactly. There you go. So but this, also, like, it's not like Liberty University's going anywhere, or or right. Oral, do they have a football team or Oral Roberts, and they don't. I don't think they do football. Uh, Oral Roberts has basketball. I know. Do they? Yeah, I'm sure they. I I'm, can remember that because I remember the the maybe center. Oh, at, uh, at Oral Roberts University, it's a oh. basketball court. So I think they have a basketball team. I would hope. After building that thing. Do you guys have a place to play basketball? Maybe. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, roughly one-third of the small private colleges uh, rated by Moody's investors... Oh, no. Uh, have op- ...are generating operating deficits in, in, in oh. 2016. Oh, no. Uh, that's up from 20% in 2013. Oh. So they're not doing oh, so well. No. Uh, these small private well, institutions. Bye bye, I guess. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm willing to let him go. I think the other problem, <clears throat> and this article doesn't m- touch on this, but uh, the youngsters aren't really that into religion these days. Right. They're. Uh, they're more and more joining our team. Yeah. We should start a football. Which team. is what the the lumberjacks. Yeah. What's. Uh... Oh, Frank is referencing uh, my outfit today, which only our YouTube viewers will know about. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. So what team is that, Dan? It's the, uh, the, the yeah, the Raging Log Rollers. <laughs> Whatever. Go Rollers. Uh, well, since you're talking about uh, schools, religious schools, yeah, I've got a story about a Catholic school. This isn't like a college or anything. I think it's a little... Uh, uh, what is it? Elementary, middle school, high school, something along those lines. Okay. Catholic school. Yeah. There's children around. That's the main point. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they needed a, this is down in, uh, Australia. It's the, uh, St. Martin de Porres at Black Friars Priory School. Priory. Priory School. Yeah. Priory? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and it's in, uh, suburban Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And uh, they needed a new statue, apparently. I don't know why. Uh, a statue of St. Martin de Porres. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, he's... he's The there. namesake. Yeah, exactly. You, so... You gotta have a statue of that they, guy. They ordered one designed uh, by, uh, I think, a local artist, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Okay. But then it was manufactured in... Uh, it was made in, in Vietnam and then uh, sent over. Okay. Right? And so they, 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 I do all of my art through Vietnam these days. <laughs> right. it's the, so it's the way to go. They, you know, they have their little two dimensional drawings sure. of what the thing's going to look like. Everybody's like, yeah, cool. It looks great. Awesome. Approved. They get the thing. <clears throat> this is not going to be good. Whatever this happen, whatever this is, this is not going to be okay. St. Martin de Porres, uh, is standing there with sort of a blank, maybe pensive look on his face but kind of just staring off kind of kind of downward mm. right head head up gaze downward mm. uh and he's holding something in his hand and there's a child standing next to him oh dear sort of cupping 
the object oh, gosh. in his hand. Like, that's the best way of describing. Please tell me that this the... isn't at waist height. <laughs> yeah, it's at waist height. Oh god. Uh, his hand is basically oh, kind of just fully down, right? <laughs> and he's holding a loaf of bread. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Uh, but at first glance, what you're going to see is Saint Martin de Porres uh with his uh johnson out <laughs> so it does it's Rather, basically crotch uh, not a crotch not, level not a nicely shaped penis oh i wouldn't want that well, coming at me no you don't want bread shaped penis <laughs> that's not <laughs> no, no. It's generally frowned on <laughs> uh anyway uh so they have now this kind of blew up uh, online. Somebody noticed something was maybe askew, and uh, so initially there was a black shroud over the statue. Oh, oh, they just they, covered they it. They just covered it. They didn't know what to do, <laughs> and now they have built a uh, a fence with uh, black cloth. It looks like the Kaaba, actually, um, all around it. Oh, um, just blocking everybody's view. <laughs> Of the statue, yeah, you know, statue's heavy. They don't know. Then they haven't decided what to do with the oh damn thing God. yet. Like, and uh, so, so what happened was nobody noticed in the drawing until the damned thing was secured in place, in place, and they had a great unveiling, probably, right. and everybody just goes, "Oh, right," or or one person <laughs> goes, "You know what that looks like," and everybody else goes, "Oh." Oh my god why did you say that don't tell why me did you, oh. you have such a dirty mind oh and what are you doing here and literally all of the everybody's giggled inside yeah. uh anyway martin de porres lived in peru mm. uh in the uh late 1500s early 1600s uh he was canonized back in 1962 okay and he is the patron saint of the mixed race oh barbers Public health workers and innkeepers. And bread diddlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's really the expression on his face that sells the whole thing. Because <laughs> right, he's just kind this. of like... He's like... Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's... Uh, he's a little uh, oh my God, conflicted, yeah. right? The way he's hold So he's holding this bread right at crotch level. Yeah. And there's a little kid who's got his hands under it. Yeah. And the, the little kid... Looks is looking up at him and the oh my god, it's alarming. <laughs> you have to wonder what the the, the people who <laughs> made it in Vietnam were, were like. What are these people? What are these perverts doing in Australia? They just they didn't even think about it. They just built the damn thing. Oh, I'm or, sure. They or noticed. maybe they did it on How purpose. How do you not notice? How do you it not got notice? I mean, all of the workers who put it up, nobody, everybody didn't notice until somebody did. I'm sure people were looking, you know, mm -hmm. making little glances at each other. Like, <laughs> are they serious? Did you see? And they probably went out. The, the workers probably went home in hysterics. Oh, my God. Telling their significant others, you know. Oh, yeah. my God. You can't believe this thing. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, and then it blew up online. Lordy. And I mean, it was a big deal. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's the funniest, stupidest shit of all time. All right. Uh, I'm just going to get political for, um, for a moment. Oh, no. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but our president, uh, Donald John Trump. Yeah. He has made it a priority or uh, a, a priority of his uh, administration 
to uh, to talk about human rights, uh, religious freedom as a human right, as you as it pertains to human rights, which is code kind of. It's a dog whistle, obviously, uh-huh. for the for the religious right, uh, because they love to talk about how much uh, religious freedom, how important religious freedom is, and what they actually mean is. Uh, the freedom for Christians to sort of impose themselves on everybody. Right. But, yeah, but that's what free, freedom of religion means. That's what that means. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways that they could be, show, be you know, showing their commitment to this priority is by, uh, there's a report that they, that, that has to be produced by the State Department every year called uh, the Countries of Particular Concern Um in, and the, these are the, the these are countries that don't that are of concern regarding religious freedom. Okay, countries that uh, are are somehow infringing on the the freedoms of religious people. Oh, okay. Um, and the State Department is under obligation by our U, by U.S. laws passed by Congress mm. to produce this report oh. every year. Yeah. and they're late every single time. Oh, so. The uh, so the Congress decided to really force their hands. They're supposed to have the report by um, by May or something, and this year uh, Congress passed a law that said that they had to have a report within ninety days of another report that came out that would just sort of delineate things. So there's another report that comes out that talks about what each co- what each country is doing, uh-huh. and then that's supposed to be compiled into a report that has the countries of particular concern. Mm. Uh, and they had 90 days to do it. That that gave them until November something of this year. They were late again. They just aren't doing it. Oh, my God. They, are fa- they keep failing to designate the CPCs, the countries of particular concern, <laughs> uh, like every year. And they're just not doing it. Okay. So... Uh, that sends a lovely message around the world uh, that we care a lot, that it's really important to these United States about how they treat the things. It just feels like there's a lot of talk and no action. Right. So, you know, um, in this last April, the last one that was released, the last of these CPC reports that was released, um, they recommended 16 countries as countries of particular concern, uh, including North Korea, China, and for the first time in the history of the report, Russia was oh, on the list. Really? Yeah. What are they up to? Uh, well, I mean, they had they. You'll recall that they banned the Jehovah's Witness oh, witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did talk about that. They've basically, uh, according to this report, they effect they quote effectively criminalized. Oh, sorry. They the new they passed a new law that quote effectively criminalizing all private religious speech not sanctioned by the state. Wow, so they're they're cracking down. Yeah, and apparently they've been trying Muslims uh, on fabricated charges of terrorism and extremism. So wow, Russia. Yeah, I mean, right? Get it together. Russia's our great ally now. They're they're the ones who uh, who call our shots these days, and they're not doing so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why would we be? I don't know why we let them elect our presidents anymore. <laughs> if they're going to act like that. <laughs> oh, golly, Dan. So anyway, that's uh, that's 
That's where the rubber just doesn't hit the road, apparently. Yeah. When uh, when they talk about, you know, they talk a good line about how important freedom of religion is. Right. But they don't really care. What they Can't care about is... Damn report out. They care about the talking about it. Right. Right. Okay. So there you go. That gets concerning. Mm-hmm. Also something concerning, Dan. Yes? There's a new children's book out. Oh, that is concerning. The title of which is Judah Maccabee Goes to the Doctor. A oh. story for Hanukkah. Oh. So that intrigued me okay. on a certain level immediately. Sure. Uh, and then I, I guess the follow-up to the whole thing is, well, the headline says, Judah Maccabee went to the doctor, then the anti-vaxxers got very mad. Oh. So when he goes to the doctor, he gets his shots. He gets his shots. And this is a whole story about, it sounds like a really nice, cute little story. Um, he's very nervous about getting a shot, um, but he learns to channel the bravery of his Maccabee namesake, right? Okay. Oh. The, the Maccabee Rebellion, blah, blah, oh, blah, sure. right? Okay. Um, and it was a big deal and la di da di da di da Anyway, um, so he gets his scary booster shot. Super scary booster shot. Yeah. And, but this is important. Those can hurt. By getting his booster shot, and this is talked about in the book, he is protecting his little sister. Oh, that's too young to be vaccinated. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. And so it's like putting vaccination into context and trying to explain how, like, one person's vaccination can help shield you know, another person, but also that the group is shielding right. that one person right. from... Uh, well, and that's a great way to talk to kids, like to, exactly. to, to say, look, this isn't just for your health, but you're like helping someone else by doing this. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a little damn hero. Absolutely. And uh, anyway, the book, initially very well received. Sure. Uh, the publisher, of course, has it up on Amazon, where any old jerk can uh, give it a star rating and leave a review. (laughs) You don't want to fuck with the anti-vaxxers when your star (laughs) rating's at stake. (laughs) So, overnight, uh, the the author, uh, uh, by the name of Ann Kofsky, Uh notices that her book goes from uh, like uh, over four stars right uh down to one star <laughs> they hit her fucking oh hard. my god uh here are some of the i pulled up the the book on amazon sure here are some of the comments that were left okay uh fake news okay. one star don't mix hanukkah with vaccine propaganda and about five <laughs> exclamation points oh sure uh, beware of corporate pop propaganda. Isn't there a law against people that are not professionally qualified giving medical advice? Scary stuff here. Reeks of promoting a dangerous agenda. Wow. A dangerous agenda. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because because really? If, if they checked in with the uh, medical community, I'm sure the medical community would be really upset about Somebody People writing getting, a book, getting their vax, it helps explain vaccinations yeah. to young children. Oh right? man! Um, uh, this vaccine propaganda targeting the Jewish community due to blah blah blah. Uh, this is a vaccine. This vaccine due to the prevalence of religious Jews abstaining from vaccines. Vaccines that contain fetus cells and animal cells are not kosher. 
<laughs> oh, they're not kosher. That's what this person's saying. I wonder, now, now is there a, like a specific Jewish connection to the anti-vax movement? Is there like a... Th- there is, actually. There, there's something going, bubbling in, uh, in Judaism. Judaism. Oh. Uh, the, it's the, apparently the Haredi. Is that a kind of yeah. Jew? There's something that's really, um, really going strong amongst them. Oh, um, and then, and then just sort of a, a general sort of bubbling. Blah, so blah, that, blah, blah. This... but the rabbis in general, like the Orthodox rabbis, the Reform rabbis, everybody's coming out and saying, "Get your kids vaccinated." Interesting, um, because and I, I halachically. A person is obligated to follow the doctor's opinion, especially in matters pertaining to vaccines and other forms of medicine, which prevent illness and death. Uh, that was written by Rabbi Shalom Shushat or Shuchat. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's, he sounds like he's an important dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, these Jewish mothers didn't hound their children for decades to go to medical school just so that they could be ignored when it comes time for them to <laughs> recommend vaccination. Absolutely. Like, it's the best thing anyone can... Yeah, anyway. Um, but he also mentions that in the Torah, uh, when someone does an action which can cause death or even refuses to do an action which can prevent death, he is compared to a murderer. And so they're putting vaccination, like anti-vaxxers in, in this category, or at least he is, of, you know, hey, you're not doing everything you can do right. to prevent the spread of these diseases and sicknesses. Therefore, you're a murderer. Therefore, well, <laughs> you're if it, a if it leads murderer. to death, yes. I think that, I, I mean, it sounds to me like this book might have arisen as a reaction to something that's happening in the Jewish community. Uh, yeah, I believe, I believe so, the author actually mentions that uh, in this in this article well um that she wanted to get out there and and say something on the topic and uh, felt that it was important to oh my god put it in a jewish context and all that kind of stuff <sighs> go so. vaccinate your kids folks yeah um i'm gonna take us across the pond to england uh well uh, to the uk uh, actually it's not confined to england uh so what's your impression frank of the the British people as a people uh and their and their belief in uh science and and their pragmatism do you have a sense of that do you feel like my sense is that yes they like science and that they're a pragmatic people very pragmatic i would think so that's my sense of it highly pragmatic in fact uh a twitterer a, a you know a, a british person Apparently, uh, was watching as some workers were working on a water main okay. uh, somewhere in the UK. And she noticed that one of the workers, uh, an official like municipal worker, suddenly got out dowsing rods and started like walking around. Use it, trying to use these divining rods to find where the water main was <laughs> as no. he was working. No. And she was like, that can't be real. The world <laughs> doesn't work like that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, dowsing or divining is a practice that was used sort of, you know, in the 1800s and before. Yeah. 
to magically discover water. Yeah. Under the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it. magically discover other things, too. Sure, but it and was of course, really good for water. And of course, as with all the really stupid ancient practices that we have long since abandoned, uh-huh. there's been a resurgence uh, lately <laughs> of dowsing of and divining. Of course. Uh, and of course, Why you wouldn't know, there be? if you go on YouTube, you can find just dozens of videos proving oh, yeah. that dowsing rods can can work and stuff and of course and what's really funny is that like this is one of those things that james randy will give you a million dollars if you can actually prove under decent laboratory conditions that it works all right nobody collects nobody ever gets that million right um so anyway this woman decided to tweet to all to a whole bunch of different local municipal water come uh you know water uh authorities right and just say hey do you guys do this Right. 10 out of 12. We're like, yeah, we still do that. What? <laughs> what? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Severn Trent Water. We do have some. This is a tweet. We do have some texts that still have them in the van and use them if they need to. However, we pr- <laughs> prefer to use listening sticks and other methods. Listening sticks are actual like, like sort of microphones that you put to the ground. Oh, okay. They can hear the water. Oh, sure. That sounds reasonable. That's technology. That's meaningful. That's a thing. So Uh, where are they getting these dousing sticks? They're just, I mean... Or dousing uh, rods or whatever they're called. Fucking bend a a clothes hanger. It's, they're just... They're like special, like, I don't know, maybe sticks that you find in in the woods. Right. Well, you and you have to like it's a special thing. It's almost like a magic wand. What basically. they, what the new one, what the what they're frequently are is two rods, mm-hmm. and I've seen this before. And they're they're sort of there's a long end that's like you know a foot and a half or a foot long, and then a little short end, and it bends ninety degrees. Oh yeah. Okay. And you hold the short end in your in your hands, uh-huh. and you walk around. You you hold one in each hand. You've got yeah. two rods. And as you walk over water, they swing t- together and cross. Oh. And they just know how to do that. And, of course, there's all this science that talks about how, you know, tiny little mo- movements in your own hands will make that happen. And you may not even be aware that you're doing it. Uh-huh. Because, it's you know, there's a psychological thing about, like, your hands will just sort of do these tiny mo- movements without... It's the same thing that operates... Uh, when people are convinced that a Ouija board is actually happening. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just them actually doing it, but not feeling like they're doing it oh, wow. sort of thing. But yeah. uh, so, but it definitely does not work. It's 100% debunked. But uh, here's another one. Uh, Yorkshire Water says, although few and far between, some of our texts still use them, but they are only used to detect pipework and voids that may be caused by bursts or collapses. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, if they're only used for that, <laughs> then the bullshit's fine. <sighs> oh, wow. Yes. So some she tweeted uh, somebody at uh, Anglian Water uh, who said, Hi, Sally. As far as I'm aware, divination isn't used, but there have been occasions where we've used dowsing rods, but mainly we use our listening sticks. Great. <laughs> it's crazy. 10 out of 12... Of these companies that she tweeted at. Unbelievable. Believed in magic. That's great. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I love it, love it, love it. 
Like, if you don't know the mechanism of how something works, right? Why do you think it works? Because it does. Because it does. Yeah. I mean, what's really funny is that the guy that she talked to told her, basically, what they were using it to do was figure out how much of the street they needed to close off. Okay. So, like, it's like, do you close off 20 feet of the street or do you close off 70 feet of the street? And they just, so you just close off more. Uh, or This is their best way to find their water mains and whatnot? I know. It's don't insane. <laughs> you don't even have a map of your own water mains? You don't know where? Well, I can believe that. Yeah. That they don't have a, a and, and even if you have a map, that doesn't mean you're going to be exactly precise. Sure where they were laid but like wow anyway that's crazy that's really really remarkable well uh ladies and gentlemen if you know of magic things that you believe for sure work <laughs> you can write to us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 that's right go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist and while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request and join. It's a closed group that keeps the conversation uh, decent and yeah. private. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. Uh, so these are strange times that we live in. I think we can all agree. <laughs> All the times are strange. <laughs> uh, and, and we've got that, uh, just that peach, Roy Moore. Oh, isn't just, he? He's just, just such a charmer. A stand-up uh, fella. Running for Senate down in Alabama. And the evangelicals are, who you know, of course, they're so fucking aligned with the Republicans, and you must get a Republican, period. Yeah. Uh, they are doing some um, interesting uh, mental gymnastics. Uh, ethical gymnastics yeah to try and to try and justify voting for a child molester indeed so uh here's one on uh uh here's one uh, saying his little piece okay you know paul writes in ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of this dark age and and there is a spiritual battle here can you speak to the spiritual element of this and then maybe lead our audience in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Well, clearly, and this, this is so critical, chaps, that we are here right now. I know there's a lot of Christians who are waffling, who are trying to play it safe. And I am telling you, this is not the time to play it safe. There is a spirit of the age, and it has set its sights on Chief Justice Roy Moore to take him on and take him out because he represents a danger to the status quo that has been running this nation into the ground. And yes, part of this is demonic. We are dealing with lies. We are dealing with fraud. We're dealing with the accusation against the brethren. And Christians, this is not time to protect your little political hides and your, your, your so-called reputations. Jesus made himself no reputation. He laid it down to save us. And we have to lay down our reputations to save others. 
And so it's very, very important that we understand this truth. This is a time for courage. And if we have to bear the reproach, if we have to bear the shame to do what is right before God, so be it. So elect that pervert. Yeah, and you know, because if somebody God's will. if somebody yells at you and says you should be ashamed of yourself for voting for a child molester. Mm-hmm. You must bear that that shame. You must bear that uh whatever you said. That's what that's what God wants. Yeah. Well, there's a spirit this of a, the age. It's this a is demonic a, spirit. It's a real test of their faith, Dan. <laughs> my god it's a test of something i mean they're being tested and if they're voting for roy moore they are not doing well on that test no they are not oh my god this is is, it's brutal it is like when you think about what these people are willing to do right yeah how are you okay with this on what planet could you possibly be okay yeah. with this? Right. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Oh, Roy Moore. Okay. Well, I am going, you know, they say less is more, but I say more is less. See what I did there? <laughs> I anyway. Oh. That one jumped in my head and I, like, I was like, oh, you're not going to leave until I say it to my audience, are you? <laughs> Stupid little joke. Uh, we had some folks write in to us. Ah, I figure we should uh, we should respond to them. Willow wrote in, said, I listened to you on Sunday morning and la- to laugh and enjoy myself. I think t- the timing is appropriate, too. Well, yes, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sister Willow, uh, when you shared your stories of escaping from religion uh, in episode 303, I thought I'd share m- the story of how I kick- got kicked out of vi- vacation Bible school. I had a big advantage. I was not brainwashed by Christianity as most young children in the belly of the beast are. My father gave me time to learn and think for myself. At the age of nine, I was sent to visit relatives in Georgia during school vacation. My relatives sent me va- sent me to vacation Bible school, which, by the way, that doesn't seem okay. To send, I mean, maybe, maybe they had the parents' permission or whatever, but it doesn't seem okay to just send the kid that's staying with you to vacation Bible school. That's what you do. I guess so. Um, uh, Big mistake, says Willow. The preacher said something that didn't make sense. Surprise, surprise. So I asked about it. (laughs) As you can imagine, his answer didn't make sense either. My bullshit alarm went off even though I was only nine. So I told him loudly that it doesn't make sense. So all all the other kids heard. Nine-year-olds are not very PC. (laughs) After I got back to my relative's house, they got a call saying, don't send her again. Oh, well done. So... I well never had to recover done. from religion, she says. <laughs> yes. Oh, if only the rest of us had had such wisdom to, to, to be kicked out and never and asked never to return to our religious education. <sighs> it's easier when it's, I mean, probably works a little bit better when it's not your parents. Yeah, indeed. You know, indeed. who are like the psycho crazies. Yeah, when it's when, mine it, were when it's when you're literally surrounded by when every adult in your life would yeah. be furious with you for doing that, it's a different it's, story. It is a different story. Anyway, um, we also had Kirk write into us. Uh, I I enjoyed your last episode. Uh, remember, we talked about uh, uh, the men and their uh, bad behaviors. Oh yeah, indeed, and such. 
personally, I think it's hilarious that we're going round and round about Al Franken and Louis C.K. and Roy Moore and Charlie Rose and all these guys when the president of the freaking United States of America has admitted to behavior as bad as Roy Moore's and probably worse than Al Franken's. Uh, yeah. Uh, but somehow we're not discussing Trump's behavior at all, nor is he. It's the proverbial elephant in the room, and we Americans love and we Americans loves us some pet elephants, or trophy elephants that we bring back from Africa. Yeah, according uh, that will maybe will be legal again thanks to our oh thank God fine president. Oh, I've I've had a trophy elephant just hanging out, just waiting there for you. In, uh, yeah, and I've been waiting in to get into the country, and thank God can't bring it I can in. do it now. Yeah, he'll awesome. look he'll look good in your living room. In, in that <laughs> could be the only thing in my living room. In that one bedroom uh, <laughs> condo of yours. Uh, it seems we have accepted that there are enough people in the Congress, the Republican heartland, and the corporate oligarchy who will support Trump, regardless of his lack of character and vulgar behavior, that there is no point in even discussing his tr- transgressions. They are off the table. Other offenders are being fired from jobs and having their careers pulled out from under them. But Trump is immune, I guess, because the court of public opinion uh, via the 2016 election found him not guilty or at least not guilty enough. (laughs) That's cute. Uh, Otherwise, deplorable behavior can be uh, excused, it seems, if the offender is acceptable to a power base that is, for the time being, unassailable or simply too much trouble to assail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... My I, the Trump thing is amazing. This morning I saw that he tweeted, uh, trying to do his little denial, just lie, lie, lie about yeah. it. Uh, that somehow seems to get him out of things. Um, and he said that somebody needs to look into the Access Hollywood tapes because they are clearly, um, uh, faked. Right. Because we, because we don't have video of him actually making. What's amazing is that like CGI, a whole bunch of it, special. They're effects. on the bus and you're just hearing the audio. Yeah. So like, maybe that could be faked. But right. then they get off the bus and they're off the bus for the part where he says, "Grab him by the pussy." Yeah. So like the best part of it. Right. Uh, they're right. not. They're fully on camera talking. Right. But his lie. I mean, this technique is. It's fucking amazing. It's really weird. And of course, it works. he copped to it. He's already copped to it. He Like Doesn't the second matter. it came out, he said it was, he's, he apologized for it. And now he's saying, no, that wasn't me. Yeah. It's amazing. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I but, also but think that, yes, this needs to be brought up. This is what we need to be shouting about. Yeah. Right but I also, and I also think that uh, there's just something about like the timing his thing probably set up this whole Weinstein, uh, like, like probably there was like, there's something some about to... it that like it needed. It was sort of processing in all in in the American public's mind, yeah, and that's what made it sort of start to hit with all these other things. So maybe, maybe I, it'll it'll come to something someday. I don't know. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I think that we need to. I mean, we probably shouldn't mention his name without mentioning the pussy grabbing. We, we, we should just we should just say uh, perpetual her, sexual harasser, President John Donald Trump. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. But it's something that maybe flows a little bit. 
more easily. That. Sure. <laughs> that one didn't come out too easy. That one I was working on. <laughs> but was... I'm sure we can craft something. We can figure something out. Sure. Okay. Hey, do we have anybody to thank? Uh, we do. Week? We actually have a bunch of people to thank, uh, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, we have five new uh, faithful members. Oh. Or faithful listeners. Okay. Uh, these are people who um, are... Uh, yeah, giving at the, the, the $1 level. Okay. Right? Uh, Willow, Genevieve, Jeffrey, Tim, and Elliot. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thank uh, you. It helps yeah. out so much. Um, we really do appreciate it. And if you would like to join them, you can do so by going to uh, our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and clicking on the support tab. And, uh, you know, we're working toward... Um, a goal, a Patreon goal, Patreon goal right now. Uh, we're uh, this. This was a big help. This has to have has to have added, you know, yeah, this, a couple points to the whole thing. This bumps us up. We're getting ever closer. Yeah. Uh, we're over seventy percent at this point. So if you guys could go and help us out, it'd be really amazing. It's, it would be amazing. And here's the other thing: um, <clears throat> you can do it in someone else's name for their Christmas present. Oh, wouldn't that be a thing? What if you did that? Whoa! Huh? What if you? Uh, yeah. What if you? Start a donation in your friend's name, and that would be a great Christmas present. And uh, and then we get help, and you seem like a hero, and everybody's happy. <laughs> Try that. But yeah, and there's one. Course, o- there's one other person we there, need to thank. There, there is our Lord and Savior, the holiest our top of holies, donor Angela. Angela. I, I do love that her name is her name means angel. I just, I know, there's so. a, just something beautiful about that. <laughs> so so yeah. uh, we bless you all in the name of Angela. And uh, Amen. Amen. Okay, Dan. It's time to time for us to have a chat, Dan. Yeah, we need we need to have a talk, Dan. Well, something interesting happened when uh-huh. we were prepping for this show, and we realized that we had both found different stories that were sort of about very similar things. Yeah. Yeah, mine is an update to a story that uh, I remember reading about. Maybe we talked about it on the show even. uh, About a West Virginia public school district that uh, teaches this Bible class. A half-hour Bible class to elementary students once a week and 45-minute to middle school once a week. Hmm. Middle school students. Uh, There's an opt-out option. Okay. Uh, So if a kid doesn't want to go to Bible class, (laughs) they can... It's sit, an, sit in the library and read a book. It's an opt-out. It's not even an opt-in. No, it's an opt-out. Oh, my God. Because, again, they don't have an activity for the kids that don't want to do it or whose <laughs> parents say no. Go to the library and read a book. Jesus Christ. And so uh, there was a lawsuit filed by the FUFR, the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Right. Uh, they, uh, they were suing the school district um, on behalf of oh, a couple people who lived there. And, uh, well, anyway, the thing got tossed out because the school district has changed their policy and they're not going to be doing it anymore. Oh, okay. And so there's really no reason for it. Both sides are claiming victory. <laughs> How do you claim victory when your thing is not happening anymore? Uh, because uh, it, it's, uh, they said, the, ju- the court rightly rejected the notion that teaching students about the Bible is always unconstitutional. I don't oh, know how he's okay. right. 
But well, so and that's because in many uh, classrooms they'll teach sort of Bible. They'll they'll try to sneak it in as like Bible as history or Bible as a sort of and this, as a religious studies thing. Yes, and this has sort of been mildly accepted at the high school level, right? Because they're able to talk about it. In a, in a better context, sure. right? And the kids themselves have a better ability to be able to s- distinguish between religion and history or religion and literature. You right. know what I mean? Like they're, they're, able, they're able to understand what it is better right. and come into the room with their own ideas already kind of in place. Right. So it's a, it's a different story. I still don't love that idea and they probably should just steer clear of it. But... Whatever, right? But whatever. Um, as a sociological study or as a historical study, religion is fine. isn't interesting. You can bring it up. There's a context in which to bring it up. Sure. And some of those are actually probably uh, just fine. Yeah. Uh, however, elementary school, middle school, these kids aren't ready for that kind of discussion. No. And they're teaching religion in the schools. That's what they're doing. Right. And that's the and that's the thing. So my story that I that I found. <clears throat> is about Pennsylvania uh-huh. and the fact that the uh, the Pennsylvania law uh, has carved out a, a thing for what they call released time. Mm, now, released yeah. time means that, for instance, at 2 o'clock, all of the kids, and in some cases, all of the kids, leave school and go to church. <laughs> What? And they get they get their their church uh, teachings every day. Uh, every rather, day? Yeah, I think it's daily. Oh my god! Um, it's a legal way for students to quote to voluntarily uh, receive religious education. Wow! Oh, it's oh it, no no no! It's not every day. It's limited to thirty six hours per school year. I okay. Guess. Okay. But still. Like, you know, this is basically time that is meant to be school time. Right. That they can, that they just can carve out. And this is elementary school kids. Oh, dear they're, God. They're doing this for. Oh, no. And up. Um, and as I said, in some, in some cases, the participation has been as much as 100% with the kids. Right. Um, now, that probably has to do with their parents and how they're, you know, what that community makeup looks like. Um, but it's a little alarming in part because, and they know this full well, when all the other kids are doing X, mm-hmm. if your atheist kid isn't, they're going to feel left out and they're going to be ostracized and they're going to feel mm-hmm. different. Right. And they're going to want to participate just so that they feel like they're part of the group. Right. And that's truly like, that's part of what they're doing here is they're trying to get, get them. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, you know, oh, we'll just send them along. They don't have to believe. They can just come and learn, and it'll be fine, and they'll enjoy it, and the kids sure love it. It's so much fun, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and that's what they do. Right. Now, you and I both participated in things. Now, what you participated in was something very different than what I part- participated right. in, uh, which is a high school-level thing that Mormons do. Right. That we call seminary. Yeah. Uh, and, and mine, because I didn't live in Utah, was early morning before school. Before school, which, which is, that's just torture. It is torture, but, um, you know, 
in most cases, the kids all uh, go to uh, the nearest chapel, LDS oh, okay. chapel. Right. You, you didn't have it at a member's house. I've heard of it well, happening at a member's house. We would it, in in my town because we were far away from the LDS chapel. Oh, okay. But there were a few kids who went to uh, that high school. We did have it at um, at a member's house. Mm. Um, but most of the time, that's not that's not what's going on. You go okay. to the nearest chapel, and there's you know you go into the Relief Society room, and your teacher you know teaches blah blah blah, and that's. Right. And that's every single morning before school, right? And uh, and it and it is torture. It's it's really just quite awful. But here in Utah, what they do is fascinating. It's special because they have this same concept, this release time, right? So when I went to seminary, it was just one of my class periods, right? In high school, right? And the building itself technically isn't on school grounds but it's but it is on school grounds they've just carved off a chunk of the school grounds and sold it to the lds church exactly and that and then they built this building onto it uh Uh, so i just walked across a patch of grass right the same like as you would to to to, to go to to the the field house for gym yeah to go to the mobile classrooms right right? literally go to gym like the the same it's yeah. just as easy. Yeah, I walked right less there. I walked I walked less from the main building to go to seminary than I did to go to my shop class. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's all part of the same campus. Right. Nothing feels any different. And I would just go and learn about Joseph Smith and Jesus. Right. And uh yeah, and that was just one of my class periods every every, every year I could just carve out and of course I would skip it. A heck of a lot. (laughs) One semester, and this baffles me. What was I? I think I was trying to just be a good Mormon. Like I was trying to prove to me and to Jesus that I was better than I really was, or or that, or you know, just trying to really sacrifice for my belief or whatever. But I chose early morning seminary one semester. Oh my! When I didn't have to. Well, that seems like the thing that the studious kid might do. Yeah, because you are not taking a class in school right some elective that you could otherwise be taking which is what it mostly was like all of the early morning seminarians uh-huh. were were the kids who wanted you know all of those all of the you know they want to go to a great you know ivy league school and they just need to have a transcript that reflects that right i was not that kid right i don't know what the fuck i was doing and I went for early morning. I don't know. I and I hated mornings. What was I doing? Self-flagellation, Dan. It really was. It, yeah. I was. I was literally. I might as well have gotten a hair shirt and one of those like, <laughs> you know. I'm like the the albino on on in Dan Brown. I was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Oh my but God. I just think you know, I, anyone who looks at this country of ours and says this is. And, and and says that the Christians are being persecuted. Right. What they're doing what they're doing is looking at people who are suing because public money and things that are public uh programs uh-huh. are bending over backwards yeah. for to to kowtow to Christianity. Yeah. It's insane. It it's there's something really wrong about it, and the arrangement that the Mormons have here in Utah is particularly insidious. Mm. 
the fact that all the school districts participate in carving out a section of their property. Yeah. Because it is. You look at the plot of land, and it's a corner that is carved out, typically, right? Yeah. Where I mean, the sometimes, seminary building sits. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's across the it's street. It's across the street or something, but... Whatever. But, but, like, in the case of West High, it's right there on the corner. It's, it's And I've seen that a number of times. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know. literally, like, the state gleefully yeah. sells a chunk of the land that they own for this school right. to the LDS church. Yeah. And that that's quite the arrangement yeah. that they have. We were we were actually joking about how we need to have like a, a um, some sort of some Satan kind of thing. Satan down the street. Yeah, you know where the the Satan during school. Yeah, they have after school <laughs> Satan. Yeah. but we should be having in school during school Satan release time Satan release time Satan. We should yeah. totally have that. I mean, yeah. I don't know who's a member of the Satanic Temple in uh, Pennsylvania. I'm sure we've got some listener that's a well, member. Sure, but I mean, but we could we could we do, could it, do here. it right. Here. I'm just saying they can do it. They there. can do it there. But yeah, we can what, do it here. We should we should get somebody was, from the TST to uh, to demand. To be yeah. sold a parcel of land, yeah, for for you know from the school, same deal. To plop down a, a you know a, a, a double wide or whatever, so that they can have <laughs> during school Satan class. Something cooler than a double wide, though, Dan. Okay, I don't know what that would be. A container. It should be just a creepy van. A creepy van. <laughs> I like an RV that's just kind of with with the windows like covered in tin foil. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Creepy Get the van. Kids out there <laughs> and teach them all about you know being good and right. ethics. And- yeah, exactly. Teach them actual morals and ethics and stuff, yeah. and and then but like have satanic imagery and yeah. Surely you could set up something where you lease a corner of a parking lot for a very legitimate, you know, RV setup to come in that's set up like a little classroom inside or an old converted school bus to just, you know. And just drive it from from high school to high school. Yeah. So that every period, you know, uh, for fourth period at West High and third period at East High and whatever. They can all just come out and do their during school, their release time Satan. Release time Satan. Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Here's the thing. This program, this this, uh, uh, seminary, LDS seminary program is a complete non-issue here in Utah. Right. Nobody balks at it. No. It is so normal. It is the normalest thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm sure that for a lot of these programs, the same is true. I mean- yeah. Unlike the LDS church, most of these other programs are are all on a volunteer basis. All of the people are that are teaching these children, correct? Are, yeah. are are like you know old people that are retired and they you know they've got some time on their hands, so sure. they go and they they hang out with the kids. No, but the 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 seminary teachers who are teaching at one of these like you know actual on campus seminaries. They're they're paid. They're on church payroll. They are. Yeah, they that's are. Their job. Not the ones that you dealt with. No, the early morning folk were all volunteers. You get that out, was a calling. Yeah, you get you outside know. of Utah, and that's the other thing is that in Mormonism, they can basically force you to do it. Yeah, like I, you know, you you may have no interest in being oh, a seminary teacher, but our, I guarantee you, <laughs> the woman teaching our seminary class was not stoked. No, I mean she did it. She did it. <laughs> She was not happy about it. Oh. 
Yeah. All right. Well, here's hoping that someone sends us an email about se- trying to get some release time Satan set up. Well, if nothing else, it's a good joke. It's it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just funny. A lot of good fun. Uh, all well, right, if you have any examples that we don't know about of religion in the schools, mm-hmm. send it to us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. That's right. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist, and click that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It is a closed group. Um, but that's what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you want to be one of our patrons, you can do so by going to the uh, thankgodimatheist.com and clicking the patronage button, the support tab, and you can do that. Or if you can't afford that, go to go to you, your, your whatever uh, pod blaster you find us on and, and give us a five-star rating. That's always nice. <laughs> that is. Uh, and, of course, we need to get some thanks out there into the world. We do. Uh, thank you uh, to the Red Rock Hot Club for uh, the use of their music and to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. That's right. Thanks to Mackenzie for her, all of her hard work on the Facebook page and to Sarah, Amy, and Danny for uh, being moderators on the Members Only Lounge. Indeed. And thank you, our dearest listener, you guys, <laughs> for listening. Be sure to appreciate it. Bye. Bye.